Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shea. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Bumps in the road, but I think we're pretty good. We're, we're chilling. Yes. We're, we're good. We're hoping to be more consistent again. Yes. And- get some content out yes we... uh, my brother complained very much about mm. it uh and even texted me and said that we're fucking with his tuesday commutes so <laughs> get it together yeah so um i'm trying to get my shit together um it's been you know a it's been an interesting couple weeks um yeah. we have finally i know i think last time we talked that i got another cat um he is fully integrated into the house now into food into the home like i don't have to keep him locked in my room anymore which is great um but he's also biting my leg right now yeah so he's a piece of work he's a 14 months old so he is prime kitten he mm-hmm. is in full velociraptor phase and i thought powder was bad no he's if you if you get an orange cat that's a boy god help you because fucking christ he is a piece of fucking work i'll suppose a picture of him because everyone knows what powder and pigeon look like mm-hmm. and we haven't introduced nutter butter yet so i'll suppose a picture of nutter butter so like everyone can see his cute little face mm-hmm. but don't be deceived he's a piece of work he's an absolute little creature he's a menace yes he, he is, is a menace an to absolute society. menace so not only do we have an arsonist i.e powder mm-hmm. we have someone in witness protection i.e pigeon who doesn't say shit because he's yep. scared of his identity getting revealed now we have a drug dealer because he just does so much crack yes he acts like a complete crackhead because yes. at any moment it'll go from just whining for like kisses and attention to all of a sudden just running around the entire house yes or his his favorite thing to do at night especially when you're laying in bed especially because i have a bun in my hair Mm -hmm. he likes to grab from the root of my hair not even like my bun because i could deal with that the ends of my hair i could deal with Mm -hmm. grabbing the root of my hair with his little fucking tiny kitten teeth he's he's 14 months old so he's not actually like it's adult teeth but he puts his little fucking paws on your head and he fucking rips and pulls so yeah it's just it's been it's been a little bit, but anyway, He's we are back. We yeah. are trying to bulk record, so if you hear us say a lot of the same shit, mm-hmm. that's why. Yes. So, so we'll get right into it. So today, I want to tell you a little bit about a case that has been kind of like an obsession for a lot of people mm-hmm. for a very long time, uh, especially any person who's like really big into TV mm-hmm. and movies and things like that. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the case of Hazel Drew, which I don't think I've ever heard of. I don't think you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the story of Hazel Drew is a tragic murder that has gone unsolved for over a hundred years. Oh shit! It's a story of corruption and one that is so integral to a community that it's become everlasting folklore. Even one day having inspired one of the greatest directors in history to create an entire show based on the mysterious death of a young girl in a town full of suspects and secrets. Okay. So. Sand Lake, New York, in 1908, was like many of the surrounding small towns around the Troy area. So Troy, at this time, was a booming industrial town that, being so close to Albany, did have quite a lot of powerful people Mm -hmm. living in it. So Sand Lake, and most specifically the Teals Pond area, was kind of removed from town, quieter, and a little bit more off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. So when a group of young boys camping and fishing in the area on July 10th, 1908, stumbled upon what they found, none of them would have ever expected what would happen to their town. So one of the boys from the group woke up earlier than the others and realized that they were pretty much out of food and necessities for them to keep camping Mm -hmm. and decided to set out on his own to town to buy what they needed before everyone woke up. Mm -hmm. But when walking along the edge of Teal's Pond, he noticed a strange sight. There was a large object floating in the water. 
He was assuming it could have been trash or like a large animal or something. Mm -hmm. But when he approached, he then realized that frighteningly what he found floating in the pond was the body of a young woman. (laughs) Ooh, not, not good. She was in advanced stages of decomp, mm-hmm. uh, being weighed down in the water by her very large dress. Mm. So her black crescent-shaped hair comb with rhinestones was still attached to her hair. Oh, wow. Nearby, they found her black straw hat with black ostrich feathers floating in the pond with her wrist-length gloves still pinned to the hat. Mm. So her head was smashed in. And she had clearly been in the water for days. Mm. So the only clue to help find who this girl was was a brooch with the initials H-I-D pinned mm-hmm. to her dress. So it took some time to identify her. But after the Drew family finally realized that their daughter was nowhere to be found and not on the trip that they thought she was on, they then came to the police. So her father was shown the body and the belongings that she was found with. And he identified the body as his 20-year-old daughter, mm. Hazel Irene Drew. Jesus. So although she clearly had experienced blunt force trauma to her head Mm -hmm. and that her skull was by no means intact, Mm -hmm. as well as it was clear from the lack of water in her lungs that she did not, she was not alive when she went into that water. Mm. Plus she was floating too. She was floating. So the coroner originally ruled her death as suicide. Um, I don't think that's how that works, but sure, Jan. Uh, so luckily no one was buying that. Good. Uh, because they shouldn't. Yep. But we'll talk later more about why okay. he might the coroner might have ruled this mm-hmm. a suicide. Um, but so by their estimations of decomp, she had been floating in the water for at least three days. Mm. Uh, uh, so making her time of death sometime on July seventh, nineteen oh eight. Okay. So Jarvis O'Brien, the district attorney for the area, was determined to figure out what had happened. And during this time with the investigation, he interviewed many people involved with the case, including locals, family, and even secret lovers. Interesting. So I'm I'm going to make a a, a comment. So you said rhinestone hair, like comb, and then ostrich feathers. I'm assuming she came from a wealthy family. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Already. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Because I know, yeah. the only reason I know, because ostrich mm-hmm. feathers, even today, drag queens, they're very expensive. So they're when they they expensive. when they want to be like, ooh, they'd be like, I have ostrich feathers. So <laughs> that's the only reason I They know. <laughs> are expensive. So during this investigation, the police had stumbled upon a young man named Smith who had been telling others of what he saw that night. That was his first name? Uh, there was no, the name Smith was all that could be found, Mm, but also this is 1908. True. Yeah, you're right. Record keeping, not the best. You're right. So police, however, were hesitant to fully believe him at his word because as they described it in their paperwork, he was described as half-witted. So they then sought out his friend, Rudolph Gundrum, to confirm his story. So the boys said that they saw Hazel Drew get out of a car in Avril Park the day that she was murdered and set off towards Teal's Pond. So she told them that she was going to be visiting her uncle's farm in the Potenskill area about four miles away. Mm -hmm. So her family, however, claims that before she left that day, she had packed her suitcase and told her aunt that she was going to be going to Water Valette. Mm-hmm. So she clearly never made it there and instead went to Teal's Pond, mm-hmm. which was nowhere near. So she, so she told, so yeah. th- she was seen going to this one area, but she told her family she's going to another area. Yes. Okay. Mm, yeah. All right. Quite odd. She did pack a bag. So it's kind of understandable why her family never reported mm-hmm. her missing because they thought she was on a trip. Yeah. 
However, she's packing a suitcase and telling her family she's going one place. Mm -hmm. She was seen in an entirely different place. Nearby, but an entirely different place. So she clearly never made it there and went to Teal's Pond instead. So it's believed that her family did not know that she was missing for those days Mm -hmm. that she was in the pond because they thought she was with her friends in a different Mm -hmm. town. But strangely, although Hazel told her aunt that she was going to water Valette, none of her friends from there had seen or heard from her in at least a month before she died. Oh, shit. So, like, it was very obvious that, like, yeah. it was a complete and utter fucking... It's not like she, like, decided last yeah. minute, okay, I'm going to change my, my route. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. she was obviously using it as a cover for something. Exactly. Or some, mm, something or someone. Ha-ha. Mm-hmm. In my brain now. So, as well as the boys that saw her say that when she got out of the car, go towards the pond, she didn't have a suitcase with her, and none was ever found. Interesting. Yep. So, her suitcase has never been recovered. Police even tried to, like, drain or, like, sift through the Mm -hmm. pond. They never found her suitcase. Hmm. The boys claimed that when she got out of this car, she wasn't, she didn't even Hmm. have one with her. Interesting. But her aunt very much saw her packing for one, Mm -hmm. and that was part of why she thought she was going on a trip interesting so some of the other locals that he interviewed uh happened to be william and elizabeth Mm hafey who claimed that they believe they saw something unusual the night of the murder Mm -hmm. that night they were driving their carriage past teal's pond and saw a luxury carriage so they assumed that because of the emblem on the carriage that they must have been from the city Mm -hmm. uh just because obviously the city was a lot wealthier and you could yeah you wouldn't have it's kind of like having a custom license plate on like a rolls royce exactly like it was very unusual and a lot of the people in the teal pond area Mm -hmm. they they were regular folks Mm -hmm. they didn't have this it was one of those small town communities where it's like everyone knows everybody Mm -hmm. and they didn't know this vehicle yeah so Kind of one of those. So they say that the driver of this carriage turned as they passed and refused to make eye contact with them. Mm -hmm. They said that instead he just kept looking to the backseat of the carriage, which they thought that there was something back there. Mm. So after that, they said they saw a figure standing by the area of the pond where they would later find Hazel's hat. Mm. So they did see something unusual. Mm-hmm. And they thought it was really, really weird that the second they were coming by, this guy like turned that right is, around that is and weird. refused yeah. to make that eye contact yeah. with them whatsoever. So although the DA seemingly wanted this case solved, police, however, might have felt differently mm-hmm. as their side of the investigation was quite different mm-hmm. because they heard this story from the Hafez and they did not investigate it for more than a week after they talked to them. Why? Like you have all this weird shit happening. Like uh-huh. people saw this weird shit. Why would you not... Ex- uh-huh. We love shitty police. Mm-hmm. Hello? So Detective Duncan Kay and two other detectives in the local Republican Party were appointed to the case. Mm-hmm. We're going to make note of that, or I want you to kind of remember that. Okay. And put that in your back pocket for a reason. Like, okay. Republican Party. Yes. Mm-hmm. That will come back. Okay. So although I will explain more as to why it seemed like the police here were not as invested in catching the killer, they did, however, come up with a suspect after finally investigating what Hafei has said. Mm-hmm. The Hafei said, 
So they found the driver of that carriage to be Fred W. Schwatzel. I'm probably mm-hmm. pronouncing that wrong, but also it's been 100 years, so yeah. fuck it. Yeah. So a local embalmer whose boss was a Republican politician. Mm-hmm. So they found that on the night before Hazel was murdered, Schwatzel called the livery for a carriage for his boss, William Cushing, the Republican committeeman for the 11th Ward. So Cushing was or admitted that they went to Sand Lake on mm-hmm. July 7th. They also confirmed that they both knew Hazel. Mm-hmm. So, however, the Hafez said that they couldn't identify either of the men, but they also were never shown their pictures. Mm-hmm. So in this area, Republican politicians had a lot of control of the area, including the media there. Mm-hmm. So the sole Democrat-owned newspaper in the area, the Daily Press, was the only paper in the area to name Schatzel as a suspect in Hazel's murder. Yeah, because why would they name someone who's in their party? Exactly. <clears throat> today. But after he was named uh, in that article, the entire investigation into Hazel's murder was dropped. Of course, because they had to control the entire fucking area. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Which, like, why we're kind of mm-hmm. talking about all of those things is definitely, like, there is quite an air of political corruption to mm-hmm. this case, which very much lends to why it's probably never been mm-hmm. solved. Why I find this case so interesting is not only, like, the media and content that it goes on to inspire, but also... I grew up in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. My best friend lives in the Albany area. I've mm-hmm. been to most of these areas that they're talking mm-hmm. about. And it's it's incredible to think, like, this is the history of yeah. something. Yeah. Like, this is the history of, like, one of the most important shows, TV mm-hmm. shows of the 90s. Do we know what show this is? You'll talk about yes, it? Yes, I will talk just about it. Sure. But just, I find this case, like, weirdly, mm-hmm. like, something about it's just, like, mm-hmm. it creeps into my brain and it just walks mm-hmm. around up yeah. there. Uh, So it's easy to infer as to why potentially any investigation into a murder that had suspects that included a powerful politician would be dropped. Mm -hmm. However, what was potentially the reason for her murder? Hazel's parents admitted to police that they knew little about her life. Mm -hmm. They claimed to police that she was a good girl with no suitors. Mm -hmm. So from the age of 14, Hazel left home to work as a domestic servant for multiple prominent Republican men in Troy. Mm -hmm. Her family was not wealthy. Mm -hmm. She did not come from wealth. Mm -hmm. So, but she went on to work for powerful people. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon at that during that time period for someone to go and work as a domestic yeah, servant. Yeah, we, we were literally just talking about that. Yeah, especially at young ages because kids, yeah, kids weren't really kids back mm-hmm. then. They, yeah. Once you get to a certain stage, they're like, you have to make money and support the mm-hmm. family too. Yep. So one of these prominent Republican men was uh, Thomas W. Hislop, mm-hmm. who was the city's first treasurer. However, he also left the job amid a financial scandal. Okay. So another was John H. Tupper, who was a high-ranking member of the Retail Coaler or Retail Coals Dealers Association mm-hmm. and was known to be extremely anti-labor unions. Mm-hmm. So these were very powerful people who had mm-hmm. a lot of money and a lot of control. Yeah. So being a domestic servant, like I said, wasn't overly uncommon for girls from lower-income families or even for them to leave home early to mm-hmm. work during this time period. However, what didn't make a lot of sense, though, was although Hazel's salary was $4.50 per week, mm-hmm. so today that would be roughly like $150, mm-hmm. uh, she was always known to wear custom dresses. Mm-hmm. She had specialty-made Cuban dancing heels. Mm-hmm. She enjoyed fine dining and would often travel to New York City, Boston, and Providence. Mm. So given this pay discrepancy, 
Many have theorized that perhaps Hazel was a sex worker. That's that's what I was going to say. Uh, this wouldn't be a crazy thought, given that not only was there a booming red light district in Troy around this time that was being ran by the very successful madam, uh, mm-hmm. Ma- Mammy Faye, but given that Hazel's family was so adamant with police about presenting this image of her as mm-hmm. Madonna-like that it was nearly impossible to even name people close to her, it doesn't seem so far-fetched. Yeah. So one of the things that they say really hindered the investigation a lot was that her parents were so mm-hmm. big into trying to protect this image of their mm-hmm. daughter being this good girl yeah. that they could not even really figure out who were people she was actually close to in yeah. any way to even like i think yeah. they were trying so i think to some degree they might have known or suspected yeah. that she was working as a sex worker yeah didn't want her name tarnished Mm -hmm. so they refused to give information well also think about it back then too like even now like you you know we i feel like our society has become a lot more sex positive but even like even today like if you say like oh i do sex work people like oh my god like what the fuck like think about back then that's over a hundred almost 120 years ago. actually funnily enough i did a little bit of research into that Mm -hmm. i didn't put it in my notes but so i might want to go down like a whole episode eventually about mammy Mm faye because i find her fascinating Mm -hmm as a female madam Mm -hmm. but she actually like not only was she could have been like historically we never Mm -hmm. know you never know who someone is behind closed doors she could have been shitty too like any other Mm -hmm. pimp basically but from all of what they had in Mm -hmm. like historically speaking about records about her she paid her girls very well really she would she basically like when she would go to girls and like recruit them she would tell them that like she was like sitting on a million like she was making so much money that she could pay them well and she did she Mm. paid them very well she got them health care she would like she took care of her girls and like she would bribe police to protect them Mm. like all kinds of things so like she was a very successful madam for nearly 40 Mm. years and actually it wasn't until like the mid 40s where really like sex work in the troy area Mm. and like the new york area kind of became super demonized and that Mm. it became the like christian extremism Mm -hmm. movement kind of coming into the area that then started looking at what she did and looking at the red like district in Mm. troy as the evils or like the ills Mm -hmm. of society and that they were saying that that was what was causing all of the moral decay in the area Mm -hmm. and before that she was actually like because she had so many Mm -hmm. prominent clients and because like sex work is the oldest profession in the book for a reason yep so like people for the most part kind of thought of it and especially like from what i like read into culturally like in the early 1900s they kind of like still kind of looked at sex work as like a necessary like evil really or like yeah that like in that area they kind of looked at it as still like the wild wild west kind of thing like yeah that it was just like this is just what was going on like Mm -hmm. that was just a necessary kind of part of an economy Whereas then once the Christian extremism movement yep. really moved into the area, they started blaming her mm-hmm. and sex workers in general for the moral decay mm-hmm. of the area. And yeah. then that's how she finally, after 40 years of being known prominently, mm-hmm. got arrested and then had her mm-hmm. brothels shut down. Shit. Damn. I didn't yeah. realize that. Shit. So very interesting. Yeah. But so there's nothing that's fully said that or pointed to that maybe these two women were connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hinted at a lot that many people suspect that potentially because there was such a booming Mm -hmm. like industry of sex work and Hazel seemed to be very Mm -hmm. well taken care of. And until her murder was very safe. And I mean, yeah, for a very long time that it is possible that she could have like Mammy Faye 
seem to have taken Mm -hmm. care of her girls. So it's possible. Mm -hmm. But her parents also, however, although they were very, like, hesitant to give information Mm -hmm. over to police to try to protect Mm -hmm. and preserve this image of their daughter, uh, they did, however, allow a reporter from the New York world to search some of their daughter's belongings. And he found a bundle of letters and postcards in a trunk Mm -hmm. containing mostly professions of love from multiple different men. Oh, shit. He also found an old hat box that contained many photos, bills, and receipts. So Mm -hmm. one of these were uh, for her having taken what they referred to then as French female pills. Okay. So these, what they referred to as those, because I guess they came from France and Mm -hmm. they were, that that was the earliest part of them, that these pills were usually used for the purposes of contraception and potentially abortions. Oh, shit. So... She basically they found in her stash that she might have been on like yeah. an early version of birth control. Oh shit! Damn. So already, a, it makes sense then yeah. that more and more about the yeah. potential sex worker angle yeah. of it. Um, so although many believe that it is very possible that Cushing and Schatzel were the real killers of Hazel Drew mm-hmm. and that potentially due to corruption and a prostitution mm-hmm. ring existing within the area's prominent Republican Party members, her murder was never solved and mm-hmm. no one was ever charged with having killed her. Jesus. I hate that. Many people do believe that they're the killers. Hello. Sorry if you hear my cat <laughs> screaming. God damn. What do you she want? She just needed attention at Apparently that moment. Apparently she needs attention. But it's it's possible. So the mystery of her death and the town filled with secrets with was such a powerful story mm-hmm. for this area that not only did it spawn several years of folklore of mm-hmm. locals saying that they had even seen her ghost near the Teals mm-hmm. Pond area. Shit. But it also became a legend that Mark Frost's grandmother told him often as a young boy. So Frost, years later, would then tell this story to a young David Lynch. Okay. And the pair were inspired to write her story uh, and then write it into the groundbreaking cult classic Twin Peaks. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Laura Palmer's, like, murder in that show is entirely inspired by Hazel Drew. Oh, shit. I I mean, I've never really seen Twin Peaks or know what it's about. Oh, it's really good. I love it. Damn. Like, oh, shit. And David Lynch, you know David Lynch. He was, he directed Seven, like, all of that. Like, do I know his face? No, but, like, that's, he directed the movie Seven. He, yeah, that was his first foray into directing, for the most part, was Twin Peaks. And back then, because this was long before Netflix Mm. or, like, any of that, like, TV, when he he went into it and decided to make the show Twin Peaks, Mm -hmm. TV was considered, like, crap. That it was, like, just trashy things Mm -hmm. that you watch. Like, it wasn't what it is today where there's like amazing netflix shows yeah. there it wasn't like haunt, uh the haunting of hill house was yep. being made on tv like yeah these were not people didn't look at tv as potentially yeah. like like, like award-winning of, yeah. or worthy content yeah but he changed that with the wow. show twin peaks Alrighty, damn that's yeah. crazy I, i've never heard of that before but it's definitely interesting to talk about how you know it, i think it's interesting because you were saying that like it may have not been you know a hush hush thing or like a you know a bad thing to be a sex worker back then but her parents were still hell-bent on making her like you said that madonna that virgin mary that like very like pure girl i I think especially for like 
I think it was one of those like people knew it was happening, but no one wanted to be tied to it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, it's fine if it's in secret. Yeah. Gotcha. Or it's like, as long as it doesn't come knock on my door, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. That it was just kind of like, we knew this was going on, mm-hmm. but like, you're not going to be open about that. That's what you're doing. Yeah. No, I gotcha. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. That's very I mean, interesting. Because my first thought was when you said Ostrofer, I was like, oh, she's from a rich family. But it makes sense if she was a sex worker mm-hmm. and if she was connected to this madam yeah. that she was getting paid well, that she could do that. Yep. Or even if she had all these love letters, like, mm-hmm. had, you know, they weren't like, you know, if she was a domestic servant, she yeah. got connections. She could have had connections yeah. to, you know, rich or Republican men who mm-hmm. she was their Paying mistress. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. And like that, that's that's also like, although many people think it was probably Cushing that did it and like his driver that did it, but also like she was living in and mm-hmm. pretending to be or working as a domestic servant in a mm-hmm. lot of different yep. prominent people's houses it could have been any of them mm-hmm. if they thought their secret was going to be found yeah. do you like, think that she was like a live-in like mm-hmm. sex worker for some of them i think so because i think she kept up the image to some degree but i think like she would that she would Ha- be someone's favorite for a mm-hmm. while yeah. and like that that was the oh this is my employer mm-hmm. but that was her f- or she was yeah. their favorite for a while yeah. keeping her in the house all of that until mm-hmm. they decided all right i'm kind of interested in someone else and then she moves on mm-hmm. to the, the ne- next person the next person yeah that's an yeah. interesting case i've never heard of that before very mm-hmm. interesting and honestly mm-hmm. like i can completely understand how this story could inspire that oh, show yeah. or inspire someone to want to because like the show twin peaks is not entirely just about the murder of mm-hmm. this young girl it's also about this town full of secrets mm-hmm. and that really that anyone could be the killer or that mm-hmm. this whole town is hiding things mm-hmm. that that's what david lynch was more inspired by mm-hmm. was not just like the murder of the girl being unsolved but also just a town full of secrets Mm -hmm. yeah and that i think is also the everlasting legacy of the cult classic twin peaks and why people are so drawn to it is it's just not a traditional murder story where Mm -hmm. you're just looking to have the answer at the end of the Mm -hmm. day but what's more interesting to you is learning the secrets of each Mm -hmm. character yeah that makes sense that's interesting i've never like i said never heard of that before it's definitely an interesting case definitely interesting it's very like i want to say like bare bones but it kind of is because there's it was the investigation was halted you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but very interesting case yeah yeah so that would be the story of hazel drew Mm -hmm. and that would later inspire the show twin peaks Mm -hmm. and just a really fascinating case that a lot of people are pretty obsessed with not only just because of the show but also because it's just so fascinating mm-hmm. to think an entire town could have possibly been complicit mm-hmm. in a murder of a young girl yep. that just was n- that's never going to be fully solved yep. because of a legacy of corruption yeah which is so fucked up so mm-hmm. shitty i hate when that shit happens yeah. but if you want to follow along with us mm-hmm. on um, all of our socials you can follow us on instagram at figures in the dark you can follow us on twitter at figures in the dark uh but dark spelt drk you can like us on facebook share our page send us a message at figures in the dark and you can also um send us an email with your case suggestions spooky stories um picture your cats or mental health chickens at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms including spotify amazon music apple Podcasts, and google podcasts yeah and thank you and mm-hmm. uh, thank you for listening and as always beware the figures in the dark all right bye bye, bye.